Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Uni Cardenas, and this is the March 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soul Full of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes, subscribe, and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Let's go. We're here. Welcome to March. Wow. February just flew by. February was a lot. It was a lot. It was Mercury retrograde. We had the Saturn Uranus square. There was so much going on in the collective consciousness, like hashtag free Britney. Okay. Ain't that the truth? And it was my birthday month, quite literally. Yes. And a wonderful month it was full of triumphs, but also definitely challenges. Uh, Mostly challenges. (laughs) Especially with traveling. And I mean, during the pandemic and stuff, that's tough enough. But even getting from point A to point B here in town in portland we had the snowpocalypse come back inclement weather people couldn't get anywhere and it was just tough it was very mercury retrograde but it was also all of this happening during the saturn uranus square and then seeing that affect the entire country and especially texas which was really interesting because they've cut off their power supply so that they're independent from the rest of the country and that kind of bit them in the ass yeah and if you noticed all that inclement weather like i think what was it like 70 percent of the u.s was experiencing snow if that isn't the earth saying hey look at me i don't know what is especially being in a very torresian like year heavy earth energy yeah and up until this point i mean in february we did have mars in taurus with uranus and taurus kind of being like we're gonna give you some challenges okay let's square saturn haha <laughs> let's see how this goes and i also want to say and add For our listeners in Texas, it's not just like, haha, you guys are going through this. I don't think it's funny at all. I think it was really scary. And I think that what we're seeing play out with our climate is literally a crisis. That's why we call it the climate crisis. Yeah. And I think it needs to be treated as such, too. It does. And thank goodness here in the States, we do have, and this is not a political podcast, so we're not going to go there, but we have some new leadership. And you know what? I don't have the best things to say about anybody in politics, to be honest, but I will say that I have significantly more faith in this leadership to actually start addressing some of the real problems that we have going on. And climate change is just one of many. Yeah, agreed. So we're seeing all these Aquarius planets that were together causing a lot of upheaval and change and it's been a great reminder that life is always going to push you to your limits and if you're not feeling like you're pushed to your limits at all you're comfortable well then you're not growing yeah exactly and i think that's the perfect way to get that view of being outside of the box And that is exactly what the Aquarius energy is all about. But we are in Pisces season now. And I don't know about you, but I am ready to daydream and daydream some more. Yeah, I'm ready to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very Pisces. (laughs) Both of our Pisces moons are like, yeah, ready to cry. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. It's cleansing. Very much so. So to get us started here... Just wanted to give a few quick announcements. First off, happy birthday to our Pisces and our Aries folks who are born in the month of March. Happy birthday. This is your season. And specifically to our friends Fee, Galen, Tawny, Roger, Maria, 
and I got Josh and Natalie and I just I don't know what I would do without you guys we love you guys so much happy birthday and then readings and tarot videos uni you are still putting together these amazing videos to support the podcast and really dive deeper into the cards specifically and their meanings with your diverse background of understanding so folks can find that at aquarian underscore sage and you're also still doing readings yes i'm still doing readings and in the process of restructuring a little bit more as i am shifting with the seasons and uh, looking forward to what the spring season has in store for us and you can catch me on instagram as well at soulful of it And that's where I post all sorts of different stuff from tarot to mindset stuff to, of course, lots of astrology content. And I'm also working on some cool stuff behind the scenes. Maybe we'll give birth to some new projects sometime in the spring season, but we ain't there yet. Right. We're waiting for that new zodiacal year to start. That's right. And it's coming up this month and we're going to talk all about it. Mm -hmm. So from there... I would love, Uni, if you would introduce the cards that you pulled for the month of March and share with us a little bit more about each one of them. So drawing out the cards this month was a little bit different. I normally don't have a specific spread that I go to. It's kind of channeled down. So I pulled out what is the current situation. And for that, I got the Ten of Swords. And we've pulled this card before. We've talked about it on the podcast. And it's a pretty offensive card that probably intimidates people at first glance. It depicts a dead person stabbed in the back by 10 swords. It has this ominous tone to it, but 10 being the final card in the numbered suit of swords brings us back to the energy of one, the ace of swords. Swords traditionally are associated with the element of air and mental processes, communication, information and in egyptian tarot they were actually associated with earth for the swords are forged from the metals that come from the earth and in all of the swords cards we see some sort of strife and some external conflict happening that being said i like to take a both and approach with most things and this card in particular is inviting us to see how we precipitate our own misfortunes by acting from a place of fear When we pull this card, it's calling us in, asking us to reflect on ourselves and how we've been getting in our own way. The brain does not work in negatives. So as we perseverate on thoughts that are not in alignment with our highest vibrational frequency of the reality that we're trying to manifest for ourselves, we create the setbacks, the mishaps, and the difficulties that we try to avoid. This card shows up because we're ready to leave that type of thinking behind. It's dead and it could take us no further. 1 to 10 begin again in the sense we return back to the potency of the ace, which is the rawest form of the suit and takes us to the next card, looking at what is here on the conscious level. And for that, we got the page of swords, which is really grabbing that ace energy and putting it to use of all the swords this is the card where we see a figure take hold of the sword recognizing it to be a tool and our will being the instrument through which we channel down our ability to harness the energy of the divine gift of the earth it is the recognition of our competence our ability to confide in ourselves knowing that each moment will present us with an opportunity to widen our perspective of the world 
it has to do with root work it's all about getting our hands dirty and not being afraid to tumble and fall as we figure out ourselves this is mastery happening and mastery doesn't happen overnight it requires a lot of work and that moves us into the next card which is on par with it it's almost like the complementary element to the page of swords we have the page of cups and where the page of swords is almost like the mental energy behind that the page of cups is essentially the watery underbelly of the page of swords it's his moon sign aspect per se where the page of swords holds the sword the page of cups is in deep reverence and devotion to the infinite ocean within his cup he acknowledges the mastery and the magic that is his birthright stepping fully into his sensual sensitivities and listening to the whispers and the yearnings of his intuitive nature the fish that is poking his little head from out of his cup is the portal into the void the fish is a symbol of our higher awareness the emotional intelligence that colors the processes of life it is our connection to one of the three most powerful human experiences which are life death and sex each one brings us to the root and the page of cups is our root work we can't become a healer till we've done the deeper underworld work and that starts here in the pages wow i love that both of the pages came out to play for this month and i think that just speaks to all of us being willing to be new at something or be bad at something i think both of the pages that are present here too are talking about this conversation between what's going on in the mind and what's going on in the heart are we serving both yeah we're also in pisces season those are the two fishes they're like the yin yang swimming right next to each other in a circle oh my gosh yes and maybe i might have got that from the avatar but you know <laughs> you know and of course i'm here to talk about the hats that everybody's <laughs> wearing if you listen to the last episode of you didn't i have recently become very obsessed with hats and i can't explain it i can't and if you did listen to it hats off to you <laughs> oh my god yes yes to that so all I have to say about the Page of Cups is that that hat also looks like a fish, okay? And there's a fish in the cup. There's a fish on his hat. Like, this feels very Pisces to me for sure. Mm. And then paired with the Page of Swords, I think you're absolutely right. There are two fish involved in this dance. We can't just have one. We can't just focus on what's going on in our minds all the time to guide us. We also do have to tap into our heart space. We have to ask our intuition, which we will get to. And I just wanted to note that hat, it does kind of look like almost like this watery connection that's like bringing it back. It's almost like the fish is jumping towards his hat and then it's like swerving out to his back like it's got his back in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. And look at that bomb ass outfit he's got on. I know. He's a uh, legit. He's sparkly. He is. And I really like the uh, the sleeves. I don't know. Let, I'm going to become sleeve obsessed next pay attention to the next episode we'll talk about sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> i love it and then diving in now where those two cards we're looking at the conscious aspects of it now we're gonna peel back the layer and go deeper into the subconscious aspects and for that i pulled the devil and the devil in the traditional rider weight is this creature perched on this fucking slab of some sort and there's these two lovers chained to his feet 
He has his right hand in the air and his left hand holding a torch to the tail of one of the lovers, and it's catching flame. The other lover has a tail as well, which is made out of grapes. Because if you're going to indulge in the sweet sensations of the physical world, you might as well have grapes, for they are connected to the god of wine. That's not good. That's grape. Ay, Dios mío. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, Dionysus, who was celebrated with wine and massive orgies, the likes of which I've never known, but hope to someday. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, the... Um, the devil is here as a literal representation of the dark god, the delicious, devious, masculine polarity that is connected to the physical world and its structures, and traditionally has to do with vice and the things that hold us back. In Soul Tarot, it gets a little bit deeper looking at it as um, the voice of the ego that's always whispering inadequacies, self-sabotage, fear, shame, and guilt. However, it's important to note that torch, for it is the illumination that comes to us from submitting to the dark desires of the heart, for it allows us to learn through our experience, least we meet our ruin by getting lost in the seductive playground of the underworld. God knows I've been lost in there a few times, and I found myself and actually work pretty closely with this energy. In the dark and in the light, you have the ability to find great exaltation and the ability to find growth through the union of the two, which is really beautifully played out when you look at the next card, which is, again, the High Priestess. She's back and she's got her hat on. And you know what? I looked it up, guys. <laughs> so I did I. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. So what is it called? The Crown of Isis. And it actually represents the phases of the moon waxing, full, and waning, hence the triple nature, the trinity, the mind, the body, the soul, the conscious, the subconscious, the superconscious. She also is connected to the light goddess and also to the dark goddess with her three faces, aka phases of the moon. She is the liminal spaces, the cauldron of creation from which we all arise and from which we all return. She is the truth behind the structure, the consort of the devil, if you will, and the complementary polarity that forms the unity of life. She is the truth that cannot be hidden. Even when we are lost in the sensory fun and games of the physical world, she is here to guide us back, to help us understand the reason behind all of it, where the devil is here to help us understand and master ourselves. She is the deeper wisdom behind that. I love that she's back, and I'm not at all surprised to see her back here again. This energy is still here, for very, sure. Very much so. And Pisces season is all about tapping into the intuition. It's the last sign of the zodiac. It is said to carry traits of all 12 signs. That's why when you meet a Pisces person, it can feel like you're meeting more than one person. It can feel like you knew them even. A lot of Pisces are like that. It's like, do I know you? No, but I feel like I know you. Or I've known you in another lifetime, in another time. Because there's just pieces of other people inside of them because they're so, they're so everything. Well, I mean, if you want to like think of the high priestess as well as being that connection to that goddess energy that cauldron of creation 
that is a cauldron of creation from which we all diffuse and become souls again if you follow that kind of thinking of course <laughs> <laughs> love it which i do but ultimately she's here to help us understand what the devil is helping us see where he's doing it physically she's doing it mentally subtly and lastly we get to come full circle having moved from conscious to subconscious and now looking at what is the outcome from looking at all of these aspects and putting them into motion we have the king of wands and the king of wands is really an amalgamation of all of the previous cards from life death to rebirth moving through the mastery of ourselves from engaging with our senses to find the truth behind the illusory nature of our desires to come out on the other end a fully integrated being a fusion of both the light and dark aspects of ourself quite literally initiated into our divine gift for this is a place where we sit on our own throne calm confident rooted in our own knowing of self we can now take action when action is needed we aren't victims to ourselves or our passions for we know who we are and what steps we need to take the king of wands is just a badass and when i think of this card I like to think of it as humble to be corrected and considerate when correcting others. When you're embodying king energy is like you have to be able to see the full picture and invite people into the conversation. And I think that we're having a lot of really intense conversations these days. And so we need to be thinking about how can I bring you into this conversation so that I can show you this other side of the story that maybe you're missing out on. Maybe it's some... 10 of swords energy that you're stuck in and I just want to help you see it and maybe this is a conversation you're just having with yourself maybe it doesn't even involve anybody else and something else I noticed about these cards that you pulled that I'd never noticed before is that the page of swords in the background there are 10 birds that are flying mm. and the page of swords of course comes right after the 10 of swords and of course, there are 10 swords present. So the evolution from the 10 of swords to the page of swords is that we have to let go of those thoughts that are holding us back so that we can be free, free like the birds embodying the page. Exactly. And that's what I mean by like one to 10 begin again, because now we recognize that, oh, these fucking swords are here to help me cut down, to build, to create, not cut myself. And that is a beautiful evolution of it. And I think also behind the high priestess, when you look at those pineapples that we love so much, they also represent the 10 Sephora of the tree of life, which is really like the movement of energy from non-physical to physical. And all of that has to be moved through the channel, through our thoughts, because our thoughts become our reality. That's why she is the truth behind the structure, because the structure wouldn't be there if it didn't have that truth the blueprint of life yes the blueprint and what is she wearing but a blue robe of water and moon and what is pisces if not a watery moon so 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 good love it <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for providing such an amazing overview of the tarot that we are sharing about and going to weave into the transits for the month of march our first transit that we want to chat about today is Mars, who has been in Taurus 
moving into Gemini. That is on Wednesday the 3rd. And this is just shy of two months long of a transit. And with this one, I like to think of what are the little details that are required to unlock your movement, Mars energy, forward. Gemini is the collector of research, memory, and curiosity. Mars in Gemini is busy, to-do list, multitasking energy, and while it increases our ability to think things through before we act on them, Gemini's indecisive nature can leave us feeling as though there are too many options of where we can put our energy, and so we simply do nothing. This transit is also aligning with Pisces season, of course. And while we love our Pisceans for their limitless capacity for dreaming, they aren't often known for their ability to execute those dreams. They tend to need a little extra guidance and fire in the belly. And I bring this up because with the sun in Pisces and Mars and Gemini, there's friction between the mind's ability to imagine an endless list of options and the body's ability to adequately execute those options once a choice has been made. For me, this transit connects well with the Page of Swords because in order to get to being the king of our swords, we have to gather all the data. Before we get to the battlefield, we must have an action plan in mind. Mars and Gemini is our opportunity to develop the action plan, and that comes after weighing out all the options. Once we know our direction and we are very clear about the messages that we are ready to convey, we begin to step into that King of Swords energy, which is, of course, a neighbor to the king of wands as well yep it's the other kingdom across the way and also with the gemini energy you could even think of the pisces as well they're both twins in a sense twin fishes twins they're both mutable too oh there you go i mean look at that and you could argue that in order for you to really like harness the energy to take that initiative you have to have some passion which is all that page of cups energy and mars and gemini it beckons some deep-seated urge towards creative investigation as we seek to realize our goals for me this is a transit that has this nautical flair to it that conjures up these images of explorers navigating their way across the open seas using the stars as their guides gemini being this brilliant mastermind with the capacity to see and to hold so many seemingly contradictory viewpoints merged with this directive energy of mars creates this potential for procrastination and distraction if we don't use decisive discernment to act upon our goals i feel this transit can be helpful if we keep the big picture in mind having this top-down view of the organizational relationships between the individual entities in the greater schema of our lives it has this potential to lay down the framework for some highly efficient mode of going about our day-to-day by tapping into the biological database of our psyche so that we can execute decisions effortlessly on the fly. That is exactly this energy and I'm I'm here for it because Mars and Taurus was not my favorite. I don't think I've been so lazy in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I felt I felt that too. Like all I really wanted to do was sleep and eat and ask Dave for back rubs. And all I wanted to do was dance and work out and pay no attention to anything that required mental energy. 
Yeah, exactly. And this is like, let's go back to school. Let's go study. Let's put this page of swords and page of cups energy. Let's embrace that. Let's explore that. Let's pull it apart. And that is Gemini is what are all these different pieces that make the whole. And then I put it together and then I back away. Then I can see the big picture Mm. and I'm trying to see the big picture. I want to see the big picture but I have to gather everything first. Yeah. And if you think of the pages as well, like they're both like young little explorers. They're out in the world. They're getting their feet wet, so to speak. Yes. I love the page energy. And from Mars entering Gemini, we have on Friday the 5th, Mercury is conjunct Jupiter in Aquarius. Do you believe in your own lucky nature? Jupiter is known as the great benefic. Everything it touches expands. Its collision with Mercury is therefore an opportunity for expansion of the mind. This increases our tolerance levels for hearing a viewpoint we don't love or initially agree with. It stretches our thought patterns out enough for us to begin to see through them. It opens us up to remembering that luck is only 50% of the game. Strategy and timing too play a part. And we can make our own luck if we're smart about how we navigate this world. A shadow of this alignment between Jupiter and Mercury and Aquarius is to get swept up in all the possibilities, which can sometimes just be illusions. Because expansion so often feels like or is contraction simultaneously. If we maintain our enthusiasm on what we have to share but remain humble in the process, we can get the full benefits of this brief planetary alignment. The root work with both of those cards, that's something that the king remembers. He always remembers his roots. He knows where he came from. And that's part of that energy that makes him really the archetype of what we're all striving to be. Humble, creators, empowered in the same way as a true king would be. And if you look at him sitting on his throne, he's staring at his wand. He's aware of his magic. He's rooted down in his foundations. So Mercury conjunct Jupiter and Aquarius, this feels good as if new lines of communication are being laid down across the grid of consciousness, creating this super highway of information to travel down from above into each and every one of us, cultivating this perfect synthesis for breakthrough and also expansion and renovation of old ideas, narratives, and ways of approaching the art of communication really it feels like a communion with our community and an opportunity to clear out our cash delete our cookies and refresh the homepage of our personal chat box with source society and self i love that analogy and i think that's very aquarian because we do still have all this aquarius energy that's here and this is of course happening in aquarius our conjunction between mercury and jupiter We have the Pisces new moon on Saturday the 13th. And with this Pisces new moon conjunct Venus and Neptune, this new moon brings with it a message that we can dream together. The higher self-embodiment of this aspect on the Pisces new moon is co-creative expansion, untamed creative exploration. This new moon is a prime time to get out the watercolors, throw a record on, and create without aim to present or impress. The shadow of this fusion of energetic bodies is idealism. 
which is why I think it's great to dream and dream and dream and then sit with those dreams before you try testing them against reality and bringing them to life. Often our brainstorming and daydreaming gets interrupted with judgment from ourselves or others, folks poking holes into our dreams and pointing out that they're not likely to come to fruition or simply are too big to become real. Mm. People spill their own fears and doubts outside of themselves onto others all the time, which is why this is a day to not reply to naysayers or allow folks in your close orbit who zero in on imperfections and give unsolicited advice. Yeah, and it's totally true. And I I think you could look at that also like the intersection between all of these cards, because where you have the page being this, uh, the page of cups, particularly being this creative, almost enthusiastic, I'm bringing this idea to life. And the page of swords being the like the actual application of putting that into use. Those people's feedbacks are like the devil that's coming in to be like, hey, you're not good enough. Oh, you should have done this this other way. And then you have that devil energy literally being your own swords being stuck in your own back, which is literally the energy that we're peeling the layer behind of. And in that sense, the high priestess is she's a fucking gatekeeper, dude. She's grounded into her truth. She is the truth behind those words and like if they don't resonate then they're obviously not in alignment they're not in balance i think this is like also the hierophant coming in which is the theme of the year as well trusting our own inner wisdom and not needing anybody else to tell us like what we need to be doing it like how it needs to look like or whatever because at the end of the day it's moving through you and that's your channel yeah, and input is great and feedback is great. And I'm, I don't want folks to think that I, I don't like feedback. I think it's really important. I also think it's super important to protect your creative energy. Yep, and you can't be a king without first being a queen. And queen knows her boundaries, especially the queen of wands who precedes the king of wands. And I only bring her up because like, when I look at her, at least in my deck, She's got a circle of salt around her and that is literally the boundary. It's like it keeps demons out and what is a people's negative feedback but a demon that ends up taking residence in the sacred container that is between your ears. Amen. We do not need anybody else going into the gardens of our mind and planting seeds of doubt. Yep, and then we're cleansing that all out with our beautiful, refreshing High Priestess energy. Tap into your inner High Priestess. Yes, 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 yes. And that Pisces new moon, it makes me think like, hell yeah, I love myself some new moon energy, especially in Pisces, my native moon sign. I think it's a wonderful opportunity to lay down some pipe and the sacred network of tunnels that will be the irrigation system of our lives once we bring in the waters of consciousness. This new moon will water the seeds of our intention and give us a little extra support as we allow those waters to permeate through the energetic gradient of our astral and mental bodies. I honestly feel it will be felt on our subtle energy bodies before we even see it come into full bloom on the physical and i feel like this is very much connected to the high priestess because we gotta feel it before we see it that is literally the 
network of energy moving from divine to let me touch it, feel it, taste it, all of that. Let's get into the senses. It's going to get us ready for Taurus season, which is really not that far away now. Mm, love me some Taurus. Me too. But we can't forget about Aries. Never forget about Aries. Who could forget about an Aries? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. So following this wonderful new moon in Pisces, just want to mention for those like me who don't even remember this, even though I'm about to say it, daylight savings time for the states that have that. I think Arizona is the only state that doesn't have that. Wait, what? I know, right? Yeah, they live in a different time zone. I don't know. It feels like what? Why are we even doing daylight savings anymore? It's 2021. Okay, I'm moving to Arizona. (laughs) So that is spring forward. We lose an hour, but we're going to gain an hour of daylight, which is going to be awesome. And that's right after our Pisces new moon. And then Mercury is going to move into Pisces on Monday the 15th. This is a quick transit because Mercury moves fast. This transit is inviting us to let our inner poets out to write Sing and share their dreams by whatever artistic means feels best. This transit overlapping with Mars in Gemini is interesting because while we're being more calculating about our movements, Pisces is go with the flow and can be talked into saying yes to things that would have otherwise been a no if they had just given themselves the time and the space to get a clear answer for themselves. And I know it's uncomfortable to tell people like, can I get back to you tomorrow? Once you start doing it, it's normal and your friends start respecting it. Your family starts respecting it. I mean, obviously some people have friends and family that will steamroll through anything, (laughs) which is okay, but you're going to have to work harder with those people and those relationships and those boundaries. And so that is continuing to be a theme coming off of the new moon in Pisces with Mercury entering Pisces is like, what are those boundaries? Can you maintain them? I love that. makes me think of the Ten of Swords reversed. It's holding that boundary of swords around you to make sure that nothing ain't getting through that. And it's also a key note of the card of the year, the Hierophant. Question those feelings. Question everything. Question why you're doing it. Why are you feeling it? Why do you care? Why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> Question everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> And Mercury in Pisces, it's a pretty interesting transit. I think it has a potential for some deep conversations to arise that have been needing to take place. I also feel it's an excellent time to dive into some more esoteric knowledge, just exploring anything that will peel back the skin and get into the sweet, fleshy goodness of the fruit of life and maybe deeper into the seed that houses the raw potential of that fruit. And when I say fruit, I mean the forbidden fruit, the hidden knowledge that's there, the literal representation of that high priestess again. Or the naked figure on the devil that you pointed out has a tail of grapes. Uh, That is diving into the pleasures and there is definitely hidden gems within there because every desire has its lifetime and that's what that little flame on the tail is. You're going to burn out at one point. And desires, like everything else in life, come at some sort of cost. Exactly. It makes me think of that snake offering you the fruit. And I think at this time, it's like, yeah, go ahead and take it. Splish, splash, bitch. I have nothing (laughs) to hide here. I'm being a Pisces and all. I just, I let myself step into the ocean. And I think you should too. Because 
There is jewels at the bottom of the sea. Only for those who are willing to go deep enough to find them. Yes. And for that, you might want to grab a Scorpio. Let's be real. Uh, yeah, no. But they might take you all the way to the underground, though. So it depends how deep are you willing to yeah, go. Yeah, that's like <laughs> Mariana Trench. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So following Mercury entering Pisces on the 15th, we're halfway through the month. We have St. Patrick's Day. I don't have a ton of stuff to say about St. Patrick's Day because, frankly, I don't know a lot about St. Patrick himself. But things I think about for this holiday are Lucky Charms because I love cereal, leprechauns because I love redheads, (laughs) (laughs) green beers, a pot of gold, and of course, like I mentioned, St. Patrick himself. And although I do have some Irish blood running through my veins, it's one of the cultures that I have so much more to learn about and I'm grateful to have some friends who have Irish blood, a lot more of it than I do, Mm. who can and will educate me on this and I can reach out to them and pick their brains on this holiday. But do you have anything you'd like to share about St. Patrick's Day? Other than my roommate, Nam, she's uh, Irish blooded. I, like you, am so American and watered down. The only thing I got to say is that I love the leprechauns especially the one on American Gods. And I will take any of his coins or clovers or his magically delicious um, Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> and as a um, feeling like I'm a little bit German at heart, I will happily take any beer, especially if it's green. Resonates with the heart chakra. That green beer, is it just tastes better. I don't know why. It's I think it's the placebo effect that when I drink it, I'm like, yes. Yeah, it's opening my heart up. It tastes like lucky charms damn it <laughs> <laughs> tastes like luck we are not sponsored by lucky charms by the way we yeah. should be we'll and, add uh, that to the list and let's remember we make our own luck that's right and following saint patrick's day we have of course the beginning of aries season which is not just that i mean that's epic enough aries y'all are fiery amazing energizing motivating initiators pioneers And it always feels like fireworks to me this season. But there's also a rush of energy and insatiable desire to create and initiate and the warm reassurance that spring has sprung for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere who are also welcoming in the new growth that the spring season brings. This is also the spring equinox, an astrological new year as Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. So to me, this always feels like the real New Year celebration. Like folks start coming out from their hibernation, their slumbers, they begin putting into action all that they dreamt of over the last few months since the winter solstice. This is also a really powerful time to look back on the winter solstice on 1221, which was the day of the great conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter who are still in Aquarius and check in with yourself. Can you acknowledge everything that you've overcome and the many ways that you've grown? The astrology of the spring equinox shows the moon conjunct the north node in Gemini. How do we feel about our future? Mars square Mercury and Saturn square Uranus energy is still with us, is bringing up these themes that we've been integrating. And now is a great time to get clear about what has caused you frustration and whether or not you've developed healthy coping mechanisms to help you grow through it. Speaking of growing, 
One of my favorite ways to welcome in the shift of seasons is to buy a new house plant, something I can nurture and grow as I grow beside it. Now, it's true, I'm terrible with plants and I should <laughs> probably never do that, but I do it and I think it's this cute thing and it's a little tradition. And I'm curious, Uni, do you have any rituals or practices that you like to enjoy for the shift of seasons? Actually, yes, I do. And I absolutely love when this time of year comes around because it also means that the summer is right around the corner. It Yay! means I'm going to do a deep cleaning of all of the stuff that is in my house because I've been inside the house all winter long. It's also the moment where my workouts go from like difficult to next level because it's prepping me up. I'm tapping into that RAM and God damn that RAM is out here to fuck shit up. And I am really, really all about it. It's got this high crested childlike curiosity and it's just ready to go. And dare I say cocky and uh, you know what? I love it. I'm here for it. That is the spring. The spring has sprung and Aries kicking off the zodiacal wheel. Yeah, it needs to be that access point. It needs to be a really hard turn of that wheel in order for it to keep it moving. That's how I feel with this like, Aries energy. And for me, the spring equinox kicks off the new season and it comes with the birds and the bees and all of the fun archetypal representations of the balance between the masculine and feminine energies coming into union and thus creating everything that we see that Aries energy really is beautiful and I'm so so excited for this time of the year and then supporting this energy the equinox is Venus who is going to enter Aries the very next day on Sunday the 21st Woo! Oh, sorry <laughs> I, I get super excited Venus enters Aries wow you know what that means? Double the trouble, double the fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, son, this is my native placement. And boy, it's a fun one. So don't be surprised if you get a little stir crazy, rams out and ready to get you. Watch out for them horns. We out here and ready to buck. And I really mean that. This is a perfect time to set your eyes on the prize and go for it. Whether that's wealth, your health or that special someone. This transit is really lighting that fire under our ass to say, yeah, go for it. Take it. It's yours. Definitely not a time to be shy or beat around the bush. If you want to let yourself have it in the true Aries fashion, in the words of my favorite K-pop group go, keep it pretty, pretty savage because <laughs> we, we are pretty, but we also are going to go with this spontaneity, this high energy action, and it's here for us, so follow your heart hit the gym run a marathon start a new hobby kick off some new cycles and really tap into the spark of this dynamic vitality and strength keep it fun but also be mindful of the impulsivity and recklessness that may be a shadow tendency of this placement as i would know too well <laughs> <laughs> definitely and it feels good to feel wanted in venus and aries is anything but passive about wanting to feel wanted. Venus doesn't love being in Aries, and this brings us back to the same reasoning that Mars doesn't love being in Pisces. Venus rules Taurus and Libra. The opposite sign of Taurus is Scorpio, and the opposite sign of Libra is Aries. Venus is in Aries. So with Venus in Aries, 
it's debilitated, a.k.a. weakened. So while expressing what you want, how you want it, when you want it, maybe on the forefront of your mind with Venus in the sign of the warrior, our ability to ask for those things without sounding demanding or like a needy friend may be challenging. Mm -hmm, I could see that. So we have to remember that our desires are only half the equation in any relationship. And by being considerate and asking others, what do you want? How do you want it? And when would you like it can give us the perspective shift needed to make this transit more enjoyable for everyone we encounter. Another potential shadow of this transit is overspending. So try to steer clear of online shopping and impulse buys asking yourself, will buying this enrich my life or just clutter my space? It's spring now. We need to spring clean and so we need to really be thinking about where we're putting our money, how we're investing it. This is also Uranus and Taurus energy. This is, you know, am I supporting companies that are like destroying the fucking Amazon or am I supporting companies that are actively trying to take down the companies that are trying to destroy the Amazon? Like, where is my money going? And, and a good rule of thumb with that, first off, online shopping, just don't do it. Okay? <laughs> don't do it. It's terrible. I It's a black hole. I've got... The snowpocalypse hit and I still have packages that have not arrived. And I'm like, why the fuck did I buy this? Same. <laughs> so, you know, getting ready for this energy. I already see that I have a tendency sometimes to buy things I just frankly don't need. And so in anticipation of this, regardless of when you're listening to this episode, just asking yourself like, hey, do I really fucking need this? In a rule of thumb that me and our amazing friend Katie, the iconic KTFG, <laughs> if you know, you know. The rule that we came up with years ago was that let's say that you wanted to buy a jacket and it was $100. You'd ask yourself, will I wear this 100 times? And if the answer to that was no, you'd ask yourself, well, if I'm not going to wear it 100 times, is it going to be worth the $100 if I'm only going to wear this you know, one or two times? This is when you get in the rabbit hole of people buying these like wedding dresses that are thousands of dollars for what? Like, where the fuck is that going to go after you get married? Are you making something out of that? You make a tablecloth out of that or what? No, you're going to put it in a closet. Don't spend $5,000 on a wedding dress, okay? Take my advice. <laughs> yeah, unless you're like artistic and you're going to wear that thing and like take pictures underwater and stuff like that. I don't know. I think that's kind of like siren-esque. I love it. Then you may as well destroy it. I agree. Yeah. Make art out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I like the everything that you mentioned as well because it makes me think of keeping that Libra energy in mind being the opposite of the Aries energy. It's almost like striking that balance between the devil and the high priestess. Where the devil just wants to go and let himself have it. The high priestess is like, do you really need it? Is it really here to support your growth? And with Aries energy just being such a explosion of fire, it's almost like the bratty child that just wants his bottle, he wants his toys, he wants everything. It's uh, very important to keep in mind the opposite polarity of that because we are working with shadow and light aspects and every single shadow has its gift hidden within it. And sometimes you need that polarity to give you really the understanding or the ability to look beyond and see the truth behind the need the nature the want the impulse yeah tap into that high priestess intuition mm -hmm. is this really gonna serve me exactly and, and and the high priestess almost like i feel like she reminds me of venus in a sense Ooh, yeah i can see that right 
Yeah, mainly because of the B and the J, but... Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We're back down this rabbit hole again. (laughs) And also, like, her dress is kind of flowy. It reminds me of the hat on the Page of Cups. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like it's flowing out of her and then, like, into him and, like, got his back. And we got a fish out of that. Yeah. And what is fish if not, like, our understanding of the deeper nature within? And that requires the nature and understanding of without, which is a relationship between self and other. And Aries being that cardinal energy and it rules the first house the house of self Mm, so it's like yeah so how can we take space and also have space for everybody else that king of wands true power is in knowing that your power comes from your people and your people they got to be well taken care of and that means that you're watching their back and not stomping all over their shit or their boundaries or their dreams yep so Let's wisen up that little Aries energy by bringing a little bit of balance to it. And speaking of balance, we have our Libra full moon. This is the last transit we want to talk about. It is on Sunday, the 28th, and this is supported by a grand air trine. The Libra full moon is opening up our communication pathways in radical ways Mm. with mars conjunct the north node in air sign gemini and saturn and air sign aquarius it's likely that the conversations coming to the surface are perhaps or feel serious in nature they might have a focus on the long term and require our attention to detail with that north node in gemini still this grand trine supports the harmonious balance the libra full moon aims for And Libra is the sign of the artist, the peacekeeper, the lovers. This is the best relationship-focused full moon of the year, bringing up to our consciousness our deepest desires in our relationships, both platonic and intimate. The main themes I'm seeing for this full moon are about rebirthing our expectations in those relationships. This is some internal work that can play out in a very external way during a full moon and with venus conjunct both the sun and chiron the wounded healer in aries this full moon has the power to profoundly heal relationships and build community Mm, the wounds around the relationships and community and i think aries just because of its childlike energy maybe has a lot of that kind of wounding because when you are a child and just going out into the world exploring bratty and crazy you may be stepping on some toes and then that feels like it has the potential to alienate us and then with libra bringing this almost like to the forefront for us to look at the wounding that's there It's giving us an opportunity to find the balance within ourselves by bringing this attention to almost like the micro and the macro relationships between ourselves, our others, and the interactions between us and how we've been moving through these spaces. And I think that's really beautiful. And it it reminds us of our place in the greater scheme of things. And Libra being that center point, that balance within the infinity loop i love it because we're going in one way coming out another and at the same time we are empowering ourselves and really stepping into our connection with source and you can't be in alignment with also like separating yourself from the whole because you are the whole 
Yes. And a mantra that I had written out for this full moon in particular that I love so much, but especially with Aries season, Libra full moon, we're working with the first axis of self and other, Mm. the ultimate axis of self and other, even I would dare to say, because Aries is the first house and Libra is the seventh house, which is the house of relationships. The mantra is this healing my relationship with myself heals all my relationships. Mm. And it's through healing yourself that you can transform how other people interact with you, what types of energy you're attracting and magnetizing to you. All of those things shift when you shift. Mm. And so Aries season is this amazing time to awaken to your own inner warrior. Yes. But also to consider yourself like you were saying uni in that relationship to other in that relationship to how the world works it's not just you but you do have to get right with you and then you can get right with everybody else that's actually a quote from Nura from an episode that we did with her I don't know how many moons ago but we'll have to bring her back again soon (laughs) I was actually gonna say hey that sounds like Nura it does right (laughs) and uh that is truly beautiful because like it's also the reminder that Again, going back to those pages, we have to get our hands dirty. We have to have these screw ups and these mishaps in order for us to have that wounding take place, which then becomes the literal crack through which our light pours in. And that is like the entire process of enlightenment alchemy taking place within us. It is, again, the fusion of that mindful high priestess and that maybe indulgent devil coming together to make something very beautiful known as like, I don't know, it makes me think of temperance. Mm. And isn't temperance one of our best friends? Right. It's like the constant reminder when you're being tested and you're like, what is the lesson here? And the universe is like, allow me to come in and help you. But if you're not open to receiving, you ain't going to get any help. Mm-mm. Then you get the tower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No damage control whatsoever. It's going to come crumbling down. That's tower. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then you have your tears pouring down like rain to soothe your pain and allow you to really come back to yourself. Come back to yourself. Yes. And level up your emotional intelligence. Thinking of others, not just of yourself. And through that, you can unlock all of your relationships this is a really profound full moon for healing yeah i can't wait to spend some time with it it's gonna be really beautiful especially integrating that follows all that and as you had mentioned like aries being what the first house and then libra being the seventh meaning that it's like the first of the others yeah exactly and that is all of the magic we have to share with you guys in this episode. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I do want to make an ask. You could please write us a five-star review and share with us anything that you love about the podcast. We're so grateful for this community that we're growing. Yeah, we're literally here for you guys. And ultimately, I think that the biggest and most expansive feeling that comes from creating this is when you have people like say oh i thought that was like funny or even like just if you need somebody to hold space like we're massive space holders bro yes we are and uh that being said 
we love you guys we're here for you we're all in this together talk about that relationship to self and other enjoy a wonderful march season and feel free to go back listen to this episode again to pick up on things that you may not have caught the first time around and we will catch you in the next episode yeah in the spring in the spring yeah (laughs) bye choose that was awesome we got it done a lot of time back and forth with the carbs that was great it was actually funny because i thought that i was not integrating the cards at all when i was outlining and then we integrated the fuck out of the it's card it's like almost like we were pulling other cards in too